Welcome to Football on the Rocks, where we pour ourselves a glass and help you dominate the fantasy football competition. During the season, we will recap the action for the week, identify targets to stock up on and targets to pour out, discuss our weekly positional rankings, and give you our DraftKings DFS picks of the week. So, Grab your glass, maybe put some rocks in it, and join three fantasy football experts and whiskey enthusiasts every week as we help you salvage your draft, win your league, and fight for the millionaire. Hello and welcome to Football on the Rocks. I'm your host, Joe Niehoff, and we finally have our third host, John Merrick, back with us tonight. John, I'm going to let you get us started with what you're drinking. Why don't you tell us? Yeah, it's good to be back and, you know, take some time away from Bobby. But I got, <laughs> I've got, ain't that Eagle, right? I got Eagle Rare 10-year bourbon. Love it. That we got from our local Hickory Flats liquor store. Yes, thank you, um, Hickory Flats. Yeah, they've, they've had a consistent stock of it for like three months. So I've just been buying bottle after bottle. But it's got, it's got very sweet tones. Um, it's a really easy bourbon to drink. I feel like a lot of non-bourbon drinkers could have this. Um, very sweet, very smooth, a lot of oaky tones. Really good bourbon. Yes, and I, by the recommendation of John Merrick, went and bought a bottle of Eagle Rare myself. <laughs> So I'm doing the exact same thing, John, the exact same thing. One thing that I've been doing these last couple of weeks is uh, going to their websites, checking out this stuff. So one thing that's kind of cool about uh, Eagle Rare, first of all, it's, it's Buffalo Trace. So very important to know, Buffalo Trace actually makes a pretty good handful of very solid whiskeys and bourbons. Um, Bobby, I bet you know, the, what's your, what would you think is your favorite bourbon if you had to name one? My favorite bourbon? Yep. Um, I've named him Jeremy. <laughs> and he's delicious. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> did you Holy think, God, did you think Joe said your favorite merman? <laughs> <laughs> said that live on our podcast <laughs> we we have already got off the rails yeah uh, yeah we we have very little uh prep tonight for this uh podcast normally we have a little bit more prep going on um but okay what was the question <laughs> buffalo trace makes a very large just different types of bourbons for example weller is one of the bourbons they make eagle rare is a bourbon they make and so is blanton's i was asking you what one of your favorite whiskeys were oh henry mckenna <laughs> okay henry mckenna did you just look that up because i know actually like, why I, would you say henry actually McKenna henry, henry mckenna henry mckenna's actually really good if you do drink if you are someone who drinks uh, whiskeys I'm not big on them myself but that is one that I will drink you got twinkle I'm... toes going on behind you there Bob are you, you're at the store <laughs> yeah 
Bobby is currently buying ingredients to make an old fashioned. Yes, because he lost his bet. I lost. What I was lost. that bet, Bobby? Can you explain to everybody what you lost to me? Well, it was the Thursday night game last this last week. Mm-hmm. Um, the Cardinals had a chance at the very end there to get the win that they so much deserved. You you saw my messages back and forth about how much the Packers were cheating all game long. And yeah. so that's what was happening. Yep, yep, they sure did. Anyway, let me get back into what I was talking about uh, with my whiskey here. So I've been going on these websites, and um, they all have pretty cool stuff that they do. Uh, Buffalo Traces is one of my favorites. They actually have, when you open up their website, it's actually a picture of their distillery, and it's huge. Um, And it kind of goes, like, you can go on the map, and you can click on the different places, and you can say, okay, so here, this is like their distribution center, and they have their... Uh, different rooms like the the they have a sandwich shop there it's like it's all it's it kind of reminds me of like a downtown but it's like their entire place is like it's just a huge place i mean the mash house it's right off the kentucky river they use the water i mean it's just nuts so anyway they have a ton of whiskeys you really can't go wrong with anything you get out of buffalo trace it's slowly becoming one of my more favorite places to go. And Eagle Rare is one of their, you know, one of their very good whiskeys. And uh, at a very, very affordable price. Right now, John, I think I bought this bottle for like 40 bucks. Yeah, um, it, it's, a, it's a very good $40 bourbon that's been aged for 10 years, which mm-hmm. is not the easiest thing to find. And no, Buffalo no, Trace no. also the oldest distillery in the U.S. Yeah, thank you for that. That's a good note. Predating, I believe, predating the U.S. Really? That's kind of cool. I'm sure it's on their website. <laughs> yeah. Also, anyway. incredibly hard to find any of their products. Yep. yep. And you will usually be paying three to four, or in the case of Pappy, a hundred times the bottle. Well, and even like Blanton's retails at like sixty bucks, but it sells for like three or four hundred. Sometimes two hundred for lucky. Two hundred, yeah. Yeah. I mean, Pappy Pappy technically retails for like one seventy. Yeah. But good luck. Good luck is right. Good luck is right. So again, very solid place. Um, Again, Eagle Rare, very good whiskeys. Um, So that is what we're having tonight as Bobby is shopping for his stuff. When he gets home, we're going to walk him through how to make an old fashioned. Yeah. This is, this is every, beep you, every beep you hear is a beep of shame. Yeah, it is a beep of shame. <laughs> every one of them. Every one of them. Yes, Between that and I think he every... also mentioned that he had to get his wife some flaming hot Cheetos. So the, the, the pregnant wife needed flaming hot Cheetos and he needed a old fashioned. That's how that works. For those of you that don't have babies yet, get ready. How that works. (laughs) Uh, Brittany is here again tonight. She is uh, enjoying a little bit of campfire with me because she wanted to have some flavor. She refuses to talk as she's trying to maybe Instagram a photo of our dog sitting in her lap. I have no idea what's going on over there. But that's what she's doing. So anyway, uh, enough about whiskey, enough about all this fun stuff and whatever she's doing over there. Let's get into fantasy football. So the first thing is, and I'll just say this, um, as you're preparing your team for this week, 
Lots of COVID going around in the NFL. Yeah, I gotta got to be careful. Yeah, Aaron Rodgers, I know, was out this week. I think I saw somewhere Barkley was out. Um, so pay attention. Look at your teams. Look at the players that uh, that, that could be at risk for that. Um, and just make sure you're getting your lineup set there. Uh, obviously, there's some other things to, to pay attention to if you have Henry Ruggs uh, incident over the weekend. Uh, not ideal. Um, and he is no longer playing in the NFL. So uh, we'll see how that all pans out. And obviously, uh, you know, yeah. prayers and everything to the families that were involved in the car wreck. Uh, but overall, uh, lots of different things going on. Henry, uh, Derek Henry out now for the season. Michael Thomas uh, officially saying that he's not going to play football the rest of the year. Um, just all across the board, lots of fantasy impacts. Uh, any injuries or anything else, John, that I haven't mentioned that we should at least mention so people are aware and pay attention to their squads? Yeah, Calvin Ridley's out for an undisclosed period of time. So he's – I think he's kind of one of the more difficult is, uh, is he going to be out for, you know, two games the rest of the year? I don't think there's any clarity and no one's going to know until he comes back. Um. I think that's the major ones. I mean, Dak. I mean, there are a lot, just a lot of backup quarterbacks playing last week and playing well. Yeah, of course. Which you know, Cooper Rush and Mike White win. You know, that's football in twenty twenty one. Yeah, that is. I saw. Do you see the bet where this guy bet a thousand dollars that? Uh, White would lead the league that this last week in passing yards and won one hundred and twenty five thousand dollars. <laughs> yeah, it was a crazy bet. It's a good um, bet. It apparently was a great bet, John. Absolutely, yeah, hundred uh, percent. Well, if nothing else for this well, week, let's. The only other one, some, some that Bob. popped up report, um, one being. Justin Hurt with his hand injury, um, something to keep an eye on, um, especially if you some other Chargers going as well. He's probably going to play, but definitely something to keep an eye on and then at least have the awareness that that's happening. Um, shouldn't hopefully be a, too much of a deal, but want to make sure that we mention it. Um, you Did you mention... Um, Mr. Barkley uh, testing positive for COVID. Yes, I did yep. mention that. And, and just kind of blanket could, statement. He could come back and play still. Um, it was a test if I saw correctly. I thought I saw that there was something mentioning that he later in that day tested negative. He does have uh, the ability to play this week still, unlike Aaron Rodgers, because he does have that vaccine. So if he is able to test negative twice, game time he will be playing this week yeah or two, you, multiple. test negative twice within a 24 hour period before the game if yeah, you're vaccinated key, key, yeah correct key thing there Aaron Rodgers is not so I key. think this is going to be even more than last year I think this is just going to be a recurring theme of you know I think the probably restrictions and how people are handling it is probably more loose than in the past and I think it's just something you're going to have to deal with, of, yep. you know, watching the waiver wire and 
making sure you have depth. Yeah, it, well, it's the biggest thing you just said, it, making sure you have depth. The nightmare league we're in is even more of a nightmare in that case because you only have four or five bench spots, which is ridiculous. You have no depth, uh, even if you wanted to try to have some. Uh, but anyway, yep, very good points, all very good points. Well, uh, again, we'll try to get back into this and uh, and get some specifics going on. Um, but as we kind of build out our uh, our injury reports, you know, hopefully that gives you a little bit of idea what to expect. Um, one other guy, injury report wise, just a, a comment, John. I mean, you can talk about this real quick. Bobby uh, just dropped, so we'll get him back on in a second. Um, but specifically on the the Saints quarterback, who do you think it's going to be, Simeon or um, Hill? I mean, the from everything I've been hearing, it seems like it's Simeon, but I also know that Sean Payton loves Sean Payton, and he paid Hill a ton of money. And I, I just think he wants Taysom to be – the quarterback at the end of the day. I mean, they have talent. I don't think they need – I think if Simeon plays this weekend and doesn't make a lot of mistakes, he'll probably stay the starting quarterback. I think with the defense they have and with Kamara, I think, and trading for Ingram now, I think there's going to be a run-first team. They probably don't have a ton of upside at the quarterback position with Winston gone. Um, so I think it, I think Simeon is more likely to be the quarterback, but I still, if I was going to, I still just have a gut feeling that it's going to be Hill at the end of the year. Yeah. And see, I think it's Hill too. Even if Simeon gets to start like this week, for example, because Hill's been dealing with a concussion, trying to get back and healthy. I think when they have enough time to plan and create what they want offensively. I just think, like you said, Sean Payton likes the offense better with Hill running it. Um, and that's just maybe a, a personal opinion, but that's something that I've seen that I think uh, does make quite a bit of sense. So we'll see. You know, you never really know, but, but that's something to pay attention to as you're, again, waiver wire pickups, looking at your teams and so on and so forth. Uh, some depth there, maybe a position. Because here's the other thing. Uh, Fantasy-wise, Hill is way more relevant than Simeon. Yeah. It's not even close. He, yeah, because Hill has the upside of, you know, getting some rushing yards and then having the goal line running work. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. But I think bringing Ingram back limits that more than if Ingram wasn't there. But he he has more – he has potential to be a top 12 quarterback where Simeon is a top 20 at best. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Oh, hand over 100%. Um, I think we're on the same page there. All righty, Bobby, it sounds like you are back, and now we can finally pour you a real drink on the rocks. For once. For once. This is the first time, might be the only time, that Bobby will ever have Maybe. a drink on the rocks on our podcast titled Football on the Rocks, but that's okay. Whatever. You, ew. Maybe we'll see. <laughs> Perfect exactly. timing by Emily. <laughs> exactly my thoughts. I don't know. What was really happening there that she yelled, ew, ew, do we want to know? Uh, Bunker, our dog, went over in her general area and huffed in her face. 
<laughs> that sounds fun. It's like went over to her, went, <laughs> and it probably smelled gross. Yeah, fun dog breath. Yeah, dog breath definitely smells gross. All right, so what are we making, John? I know we've, or, uh, we, I know we've already said it. So, John, are we making the uh, old fashioned for Bobby here? Yeah, that was the bet, right? All right. All right. So instruction number one, what? Grab a glass. <laughs> you start there. Got Why it. Don't you tell us what, what bourbon or whiskey you're putting in the, in the old fashioned. So I have two options for you, and I'll let you guys decide which one I should do. Um, so I have this one. It's in a plastic bottle. It is the spirit of New Orleans. Established in 1874. That is the classic, the high school, college classic that is Southern Comfort. Oh, my God. Or, or I do have your standard maker's mark. Kentucky straight bourbon. Please use the makers. Yeah, it's not even a debate. so the Southern Comfort. All right, I'm gonna pour that in. <laughs> how how much makers should I pour into my glass? All right, start with the sugar cube. Yeah, you don't want to go with the, the makers first. It's got to, You got to do this in the proper order. Oh, okay. And you proper do have order. a sugar cube, not that sugar bullshit. cube. So opening the simple syrup. Got it. Oh God, simple. Now syrup. what? He's not even gonna be able to. Do you have a muddle? Something you can muddle the sugar cube with or not? Nope. Nope, this is mine. It's so open now. Grab your grab syrup. your grab your bitters. I have you got Angus, some bitters. I have Angus Strua bitters. I have proper bitters. All okay. Right, now throw two, three dashes of bitters in that simple syrup. God, simple syrup. One, two, three, four. I can't count to five or six. Nope. Four is fine. That's yeah. probably too many already, but that's okay. I mean, nor- so normally with. With uh, a sugar cube, I put in about like a spoonful of really hot water to dissolve that. The other thing you can do is put a splash of club soda or uh, yeah, club soda in there. Something to kind of break down the sugar. Um, but you, you can probably put in a little spoonful of water in there. Just kind of break up the sugar and put some liquid in there. Yep. Okay, well, my sugar is already broken up because it's simple syrup. Well, I would still put some water in there just to help mix it up and dilute the sugar a little bit. Yeah, you don't want it to be too sweet. Okay, so go to the fridge, put in a little water. Got it. Uh, very important, do you have an orange? I do. I got an orange at this right, store. You, you, want, you, want, you, want mix, you want to mix that up a little bit, Bob. Yeah, it, it'd be like if you're muddling the sugar, that'd be what's mixing it up. But since you don't have the sugar cube, you got the simple syrup. Just give it a little stir, mix it up in there, make it nice and nice and stir it with the full orange. No, 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 with the spoon. Oh, okay. Getting the spoon. Got it. This is amazing. <laughs> I'm I'm stirring the liquids together. Okay. All right, now you can put about two shots of makers in there. Um, okay, I'll just eyeball it. <laughs> That'll work. Whoa. <laughs> <I was about laughs> <to hear. laughs> Did you hear Emily go, whoa? <laughs> that was about two shots. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> and then she went, oh, that was not two shots. 
It's a normal, normal, you know, Wednesday evening drink. Yeah, why not? Yeah. So then you want you want to put some ice in there? Well, you probably you probably want to mix that up a little bit and then put ice. Stir, in there. stir it yeah. with a spoon. Stir it with a spoon again. Okay. Grab yourself either an ice ball. John has some ice now, balls. Do you, do you John's have... fridge makes ice balls, which is amazing. Okay, so go to my fridge and plop a bunch of ice cubes in it. You know, however many you fancy. Not too, not too much. I just put it in to kind of you know cover where your whiskey's at. <laughs> Okay, well, the ice is floating. Is that a good thing? I would put it in so there's enough ice where kind of the ice and whiskey are about at the same level. That means that he had too much whiskey. <laughs> we put in a couple pieces of ice and they're not, and they're floating. If I put more ice in it, it will. <laughs> <laughs> you might need more sugar. <laughs> I mean, now it's just going to be a glass of whiskey. So now. Do do you have a peeler? I have, or like like a pairing, or a pairing knife. I have a pairing knife. I can do a pair. I do have like a standard vegetable peeler, though. That yeah. So peel. So peel off like a good slice of the orange peel. And not if you like an orange flavor with the amount of whiskey, it sounds like you put in there. You might want several. (laughs) But one, I mean, one good solid. You know, strip of the peeler would be a, a good start. Okay. And you uh, don't want to, here's this is key. John will tell you this. You don't want to peel it so much that you actually get the orange. You just yeah. want to, you want to skin it like, you know, you just want to skin the top of the. Yeah, you just want the rind of the orange. Of the orange. You just and want then the you rind. Give, you give that rind a little twist to get the oils out. Okay. So I got a couple options here. I'll pick the biggest one and twist it up. All right. Okay, got them oils going. And then you rub that around the rim of the glass, and then you put the rind in the drink, and that will give you a nice orange flavor. And, and that's how and that's how you make it. a night and that's how you make a nightmare old fashioned. Okay. And then we put in a little grenadine. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. No? No cherries? No. no. You could you could, I mean you, I, I, you I, could put was, some maraschino cherries in there. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. That, well, because gr- grenadine is like another version of pure sugar again, but with cherry kind of flavor yeah, to with, it. With, and with the just, proportions you use, that might not be the worst it, thing. Yeah, it may not be the worst thing, but normally you'd put like a cherry in the drink, not yeah. a full grenadine shot. <laughs> All right, Joe. Let's end this. Well, Bobby, yeah. tell us tell us Let's, tell us. Let's hear it, Bob. What does it taste like? How does it taste? Step, step into the nightmare. All right. So I'm, I'm swirling it around to get the aromatics happening, giving it a nice sniff. I smell oranges. I'm going to taste it now. Tastes like burning. <laughs> tastes like burning. Oh, well, if you ever come down to Georgia, I'll make you a real one. Then you'll see yeah. what the. If you uh, can no. follow instructions better, it wouldn't taste so bad. <laughs> in, in all, in all seriousness, it actually, I, I did a good job, and it needs just a little bit more whiskey. Oh, okay. <laughs> there you go. That grenadine might have. <laughs> then I add the grenadine. That was, might be the best comment <laughs> of the night. <laughs> there's right, your, Joe, there's your we... podcast title right there. Uh-huh. <laughs> 
Should, oh, we, end the, right. should we end the nightmare and get into week nine? I think we should. I think we should. We've taken long enough tonight already. I thought we were going to be done early, and now we're not. So let's get into – it's week nine, actually. So let's get into week nine uh, and start really seeing how these games are going to look. So first one, now again, uh, for those of you that have been listening, you know that the first thing we're going to do is our poured out games. These are games that we're roughly going to spend about a minute talking about. Real quick analysis, maybe highlighting a player or two that we think could have a decent week and moving on. Because and after Bobby you guys, so after, you, after you guys do that part, I will add the grenadine. Uh, there you go. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh God. Uh, anyway, uh, John and I will hold this one down, and we might allow Bobby to make a comment or two. Um, so, first game in this slate um, that we're going to discuss is the Falcons versus the Saints. So, John, why don't you take off with that one? Yeah, I mean, here I think I would downgrade all the Saints except for Kamara. I don't know that anyone's really startable outside of Kamara. Um, Simeon, I think they're, you know, he had some decent yardage last week, but I think they're really going to just kind of rely on Kamara and Ingram especially against Atlanta, bad run defense. Um, and then I don't know if any of the Saints wide receivers are reliable, especially now that Thomas is out for the year. And then for for Atlanta, you know, Ridley's out. I think that really boosts um, Patterson and Pitts. I think Pitts is a solid top four um, tight end. I think uh, Patterson – if you take out week one in full PPR, he hasn't had under 14 points for a week. So I think he's a high floor. He's really involved in the offense, gets a lot of passes to give you that PPR value. So I think he's a solid, you know, low end RB one, high end RB two for the rest of the year. Good. Move on to the next game. So Bobby can't say anything uh, for me. I just got to throw this in really fast for me. If I have Cordell Patterson, almost, I almost went there. If I, I have Patterson, I'm trying to trade him. They actually have one of the hardest uh, schedules going forward for the rest of the season. If you can trade him for you know someone that you uh, might be able to upgrade at a position at or feel like you have a more reliable guy that you can start week in and week out, Atlanta is going into a couple tough games the rest of the year here. And so uh, second hardest next to New England in terms of their – uh, their ru- running back uh, schedule for fantasy and, points allowed. I would agree if you. I would agree if you if you look at him as a running back, but he's not a true running back. He has so much value in the passing game. That I'm still trying to spend a running back. It's my crapshoot at running back. I think he provides a lot of value. I don't. I don't need to trade him. I, I agree 100 percent with John. I think he'd be an idiot to trade him. Um, he is a high floor player because of the amount of, especially in a PPR league. Um, he's a high floor player with good upside, even if he's got bad matchups. He's proven so far this year. It doesn't really matter who the matchups are. He's had a good game. And yeah, he's, he's put up good points against the Buccaneers. I think he's solid. Yeah. And you've absolutely wasted a full two minutes of our time on that one mm. comment. So, yeah, but I think it. I'm right. 
keep your mouth shut. Well, uh, you're Raiders. not smart enough to have him in any league, so you're not going to be trading him. Yeah, there you go. Raiders, you know what it is? He's trying to get somebody to trade it to him. That's why. Would it, no, I'm just, I literally don't want him. I'm saying get rid of him off of your team if you can get something of value. Yep, next game, uh, Raiders, Giants. John, I'll take this one real quick. Uh, I think this one has a lot of non-fantasy relevant conversations that people will be having. But in the fantasy realm here, I think that one guy I actually like a little bit is Jacobs. Um, The Giants linebacker core hasn't been great very much all year. Um, So uh, defensively, I think you have chances uh, to score there. Uh, He's he's getting close to a touchdown a game uh, when he's played. So Jacobs isn't a bad play, uh, especially just, again, assuming they're in the lead here in that game. Um, wide receivers wise, uh, Renfro is somebody that I definitely am targeting. Um, I, again, I think he'd be a good flex play this week. I don't know about starting him, depending on who your other wide receivers are. More than likely, he's like your third or fourth wide receiver and could potentially be a flex, but good floor for him. I think he's averaged double digits for the season, you know, somewhere around 12 points or so. So, a good option there. Uh, and then I do think we'll have a good week this week. As far as streaming quarterbacks, if you are streaming, Carr would be a good stream this week as well. On the Giants side, um, it's tough to start um, uh, Barkley. Just you pay attention. If he's playing, you play him. If he's not, you guys just got to pay attention to the COVID uh, stuff that he's got going on. John, you've you'll, mentioned you'll know the, in advance of the game though. Oh, yes, you'll you know will. you'll know what you're, you got to yep. do. Yep. Uh, Jones is a, is potentially a streaming option as well. Just again, I think that. Uh, he has just the potential to have a decent game. Uh, and then on the wide receiver side, it's so up in the air with the Giants, it's hard, right? Because you got Tony, who's been good when he's played, Shepard, who's been good when he's played, and Galladay's been out and hasn't been great when he played, but he's supposed to be the best guy. Uh, and Ingram. So, you know, they have weapons. I think at the end of the day, Tony's Tony and Shepard are the only one I'm considering. Everybody else I think is keeping on the bench. Uh, next game, John, I think would be a good one for us to kind of label in here. And it's not because uh, the team is bad, but I just don't know if there's a whole lot of analysis beyond the basics, and that's the Cowboys versus the Broncos. Go ahead, John. Yeah, I mean, for Cowboys, I think if you have Cowboys, you're hoping Dak comes back. You play Dak, Amari, Zeke, um, Schultz, and CD. I think you're – you know, feel good playing all of your Cowboys. <clears throat> For Denver, I think it's interesting if um, Judy's back to full health. I think he's an interesting play. Um, you probably drafted him high enough where you're hoping you can get back in your lineup. I also think if you're looking for a streaming option for tight end, their backup tight end, I have no idea how to pronounce his name, <clears throat> with the fan out for um, – with Fant out for the week, I think the backup tight end is a solid play for the week in not just in, you know, DFS, but also in, you know, normal fantasy. Yep. I, see, I see this as a big Zeke week. Good yeah. one line comment, Bob. That was great. That's this is the type of one liners that you need to throw in on this kind of stuff. So this is good. This is your learning. No, I'm just drinking. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> uh, next game, Jets versus Colts. Um, I'll take this one, obviously, real quick. On the Jets side, you know, I think a lot Who? of people were surprised last week by kind of how they played in the fantasy relevance a few guys had. 
I think Michael Carter going forward is somebody that you consider and you really look at matchups. Uh, again, potentially a flex play there. Um, with this game being on Thursday night, it's kind of hard. Like, it's hard to trust a Jet, in my opinion, at this point. And the historically have a fairly good defense. So I'm not outside of Carter. Um, and the reason why I like Carter, he had seven catches last week. Um, so for me, he's a target just because, you know, even in a worst-case scenario, he's he's probably getting a few catches. Uh, and my floor on him is going to be better than, say, if I go with, like, a, I don't know, Jamison Crowder, you know, because he could be great. He could be terrible, right? Um, so I think that's the only guy with the Jets that I'm considering. On the Colts side, um, you know, Jonathan Taylor has been a stud. He's been what you wanted him to be the last couple of weeks. I think he's the number two fantasy scoring t- uh, running back so far the year. Um, so I'm all over him. Um, I'm all over uh, Pittman. He's had a good season. Bobby would tell you that the Jets have a fairly good pass defense, and that's proven to be the case. I want to come specifically to against wide receivers. So maybe kind of temper a little bit of expectations for Pittman, but he's still starting in my lineup if I have him. Over the uh, last over the last five weeks, though, the Jets, you fell into my trap, Joe. Uh, the Jets, the sorry Jets, are uh, bottom eight against wide receivers in terms of points allowed over the last five games. Um, so they aren't as good as you think, Joe. And it's not trap. that I thought they were good. You just used to always say that they were better than we thought. So I'm glad. Bobby, over saying. over the last one week, the New York Jets have the most passing yards in the league. That's a small sample size. Well, <laughs> it's a sample size. Mm. <laughs> I'll give you a sample. My drink is a sample size. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Uh, All right, John. Next one, I'm going to give you the Patriots Panthers. Hold on, one other thing that's really interesting. Oh, the New York Jets, same thing over the last five games. New York Jets are the third most high-scoring whatever point team <laughs> at the running back position. Over the last five games, their running backs have scored about 30 points on average every week, um, which is a points. lot, which is third most in the league in that stretch. So, gotcha. again, to your point on, on uh, Michael Carter – Somebody that you definitely can trust at this point in the season. Got it. All right. Like I said, John, next game, Patriots, Panthers. Yeah, I mean Colts this are best one, against running backs, though. Sorry. I think this one you're hoping that if you have CMC, you're definitely hoping he comes back. Uh Chuba Chuba has been a big disappointment in his replacement. Um, I think you saw if you had, you know, Mike Davis last year, you're hoping Chuba would kind of fill in that role and have that consistency, but he's kind of been a dud. Um, and then you're waiting to see if Sam Darnold, you know, he was limited in practice today, see if he plays. I don't think that has that big of an impact on who you're going to play in this game. You're going to play CMC. You're going to play DJ Moore. Outside of that, I don't know who you're going to play on the Panthers. For the Patriots, I think Damian Harris is a solid RB2 for the rest of the year. Still doesn't have a lot of PPR upside. Um, and then I feel like wide receiver is still a bit of a crapshoot on who's going to hit week by week. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, and I don't think there's a whole lot more to add there. The next game, really the last one I think on the board out games, is arguably the most boring of the week and happens to be on Monday night. 
Uh, you get the Bears playing the Steelers. Um, from a relevant standpoint on fantasy, uh, you know, you're you're looking at the Bears and saying, who do I want to even consider starting? <laughs> and it's really hard. It's really hard. Pay attention to the backfield. Um, I think, you know, what we've seen is that uh, Herbert is going to be the guy there um, for the most part for, Fantasy-wise that you want to pay attention to, Williams kind of become more the receiving back, um, not as involved in the in the, in the the game overall. So he's somebody you consider. But, again, you're playing the Steelers. Again, good defense. Um, it's, it's hard to play anybody on Chicago. On the Steelers' side, you know, with some injuries that wide out, uh, more specifically Juju, um, I, I think you're, you're, you're looking at that and saying uh, Claypool – Seems like a good fit. Could be an opportunity for a flex play. I don't know if he's a starter automatically. Dante Johnson, I believe he's healthy. I don't think I remember yeah, seeing he's, it. He's good to go. Um, but anyway, I, I think I play him. He's a starter for me where Claypool's not. Uh, Najee Harris, absolute starter in this game. I think it's going to be Najee all day. Um, so mm-hmm. he's the one guy out of all of this that is undoubtedly fantasy relevant. One other person to mention is the tight end. Friermuth, um, baby Gronk, baby Gronk, as they like to call him. Uh, I do think he has a good week, um, and just somebody that moving forward could actually be um, a, a you know a top twelve running back. I think moving forward, maybe an every day every week starter um, as his role kind of develops and gets a little bit bigger uh, throughout the season. So I don't think I see too many other like poured out games no. for this week. There might be one other one, but we're gonna call this one uh, a you know kind of an in betweener. Um, so we'll call this one our first um, take a shot. Bobby, I'm gonna give it to you because uh, you've been quiet, which I appreciate. The Chargers versus the Eagles. Chargers Eagles, huh? Yep. I was not prepared for this. Well, none uh-huh. of us were prepared for any of this, so good luck. Have fun. I didn't even – all right. Um, so Chargers are actually fifth best against quarterbacks. Eagles have been playing very well against quarterbacks as well. They've held down the fourth there. Um, they're trending towards the middle of the road right now, about 12th, but both of them averaging less than 19 points per game to quarterback. So as much as Hurts – and Herbert have both been, you know, your top 12 type quarterbacks. I don't know if that's the case again this week. Um, Eagles are actually really good against wide receivers. They're seventh best, only giving up about 28 points a game to wide receivers. Um, and so going to have to temper expectations for what you're going to get out of Williams as well as uh, Keenan Allen. Um, jumping over to the, the Eagles side of the ball, when it comes to uh, what the Chargers give up, they're actually fourth best. They're even better against wide receivers. It's going to be really tough to start quarterbacks, wide receivers uh, in this game. Now, the story changes when you look at running backs and when you look at tight ends. Both of these teams are bottom five against the position in these ways. And so here is where um, you're going to get some of that action in the game. Um, as long as Eckler is healthy, he turned out a, a decent game for you last week, um, despite popping up on the injury report with the hip injury. Um, you're going to want, you're starting Eckler 
Uh, as long as there's no issue going into this game, they'll probably do some workload management with him again this week, uh, make sure that he's ready and fresh to go. Um, and then you, you can you can uh, poten- you could probably start Cooks um, <clears throat> at your tight end position. Uh, maybe more of a DFS play than anything else, uh, but somebody to, to definitely consider there. Goddard, love him this week. Um, he should be kind of flying off the handle a little bit more, especially this week and with Ertz gone. Um, now the Eagles backfield is a little interesting. Gainwell did pretty much nothing last week. Very baffling as just a, a, an NFL um, standpoint looking at it. Like, hey, you have this young, really good running back, but you like Boston Scott and um, – Jordan Howard. I'm going to jump in on that real quick for you. I, I don't know if it was as much of that as more of a hot hand type of play because um, they both had about 16 carries or 15 carries, and Boston Scott just did more with them. Uh, I think the other it's... piece is it was also 44 to 7. Right. So, but I'm just saying you got the potential of three good potential running backs there. It looks like uh, Howard's going to get some of that goal line work, um, regardless of what's going on anyways. Uh, so he can be a desperation flex because I don't know how much work he's definitely – or he's. Well, I don't he's listen to Bobby on getting. that one. If you look at uh, Gainwell, when he's scored touchdowns, it's been inside the red zone on reception. I, I was talking about field. Howard. I know, and that's why I said don't listen to you because you're nuts. Howard should not be in anybody's lineup this week. Yeah, he's a desperation play because he scores touchdowns. He's going to get in at the goal line, Joe. Yeah, I, again, okay. do not listen to Bobby. Um, okay, so, I got a bet. So running back. You want to bet on that? That Howard. I bet is that, a that Howard does not score play? anywhere. I bet. I bet Howard doesn't score over ten points. Yeah, I don't think he does either. He's a okay, I bet he doesn't score over six points. Flex play. I'll, I'll take that. I think he scores six points. Okay, six points, non-PPR. Basically, I'm just betting that he scores a touchdown. Yep. Because that's that's the desperation play that you're looking at there. Yeah, it's still a terrible desperation. There's a lot of other guys that, that oh, are yeah. better from yeah, the exactly. standpoint. But you're saying that you should start them. I'm oh, not saying God. that at all. On a side note, I'm going to let you, uh, I'm going to let oh, Bobby, no. uh, I, I heard desperation start, Bobby, a desperation play. That means you would recommend that you start him if you've got nobody else. So that would be. Yeah, yes. I would rather play him than nobody. I'll take on a that side bet. note to this game, just to add a, a I'll take that back for him over nobody. Fun. Yes. hundred uh, percent uh, all day, every day. Uh, anyway, uh, 50 points is their over-under in that game, and that is the second highest for the week behind only the Rams. So another key point there, if you have some Chargers, Eagles, it could be a high score, according to Vegas. Vegas is wrong. Yeah, yeah, whatever. Uh, John, I'm going to give you uh, the Texans-Dolphins, which would normally be a poured-out game, but I think after John and I talked earlier, there is some fantasy relevance. So why don't you give us a little bit on this one? Did I lose John? Oh, we lost John. Let me try to get him back. You're ridiculous, Joe. It's not my fault. 
No, not about that. About Jordan Howard. Come on. What? You're the one that kept saying stupid shit about him. Adrian, can you hear me? Oh, there you are. He's back. Okay. All right. <clears throat> yeah, some, something with my connection screwed up. All right, that's fine. I'm going to get back into what I was just saying. I was trying to make a side bet on the Philly game, but I guess we'll move on to Miami-Houston. What was your side bet? I was going to say that Gamewell has the most fancy points for a Philadelphia running back. Oh, well, we would. I wouldn't have taken that. So, Bobby, would you have taken that? No. Okay. All right. Uh, I'll dive back in and, and get you to the next game. So, hold on a second. Pause. Jordan Howard. Really? All right. So, uh, so yeah, I, whatever. We're, we're fine with that game. Uh, moving on to the next one, John. This one normally wouldn't be one that I would talk about as a kind of take a shot game, but we were talking earlier about some fantasy relevance here. So I'm going to give you the Texans versus the Dolphins. Yeah, I think it's an interesting game where you can find some value in kind of you know, teams where you might think you don't really want to have anyone playing for fantasy. I think that's just because I think both teams could kind of play down to the competition, score more points than you would think. Um, I think, you know, I think Devontae Parker and Waddle are both startable for Miami. I think against Houston, I think Tua, if you have kind of Tom Brady on bye week this week, um, Two is an interesting flex where I think he could have good production this week. Um, I also think Gaskin, you know, he maybe this is the week where he isn't terrible and actually has a good game. Um, if you're kind of desperate for a running back, uh, it might not be the worst week to start him. Uh, and then for Houston, I mean, Houston, I still feel like it's tough to start. Maybe now that Ingram's gone, I feel a little bit better playing David Johnson. I think he yeah. could be a little bit more involved than he has been in the past. And yep. then, you know, Cooks is the only receiver. I think the only other interesting thing is if you're in the Miami area, it's the lowest price ticket for a game this <laughs> week at $13. <laughs> Wait, you can get into and that game for so, 13 bucks? So cheap. And let me tell you, I went to week 16 – Miami Cincinnati in 2019 complete write-off game before Burrow before Tua it's Andy Dalton versus Ryan Fitzpatrick best live game I've ever seen (laughs) Miami made this huge comeback went to overtime won the game the entire stadium left after the second quarter there were about 100 (laughs) people left in the stands best game I've ever seen 13 bucks Go to the game. <laughs> Who knows? You can have that experience too. Yeah, that's crazy. That's so funny that you never – I would never have guessed if we were doing a trivia night about John Merrick, I would have never guessed that he'd said a game he went to with the Miami Dolphins playing against the Cincinnati Bengals was his favorite Before ever. Joe game. Burrow. That's, and was... before Joe Burrow and Tua. That's crazy. With a wife who was 39 weeks pregnant. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> God, that makes me uh, All right, well, I'll get into the next game. Speaking of Joe Burrow, um, Cincinnati versus Cleveland is the next one on the docket here. Um, so I think there's some interesting things to take off this one. Number one, 
Um, the first thing you think about is, you know, it's, you know, Cleveland has a good defense. They got two good defensive ends. Is this one where we, you know, temper some expectations for Cincinnati? And what I'll tell you about Cleveland's defense is that they are kind of hit or miss. So they've given up 47 points in a week this year. They've given up 33 points, over 33 points twice this year. And then, like, every other game is, like, 10, 15. They gave up seven to the Vikings, six to the Jaguars, I think. Like, just – it's just they're so one way or the other. Now, I think, personally, this could be a good week for Cincinnati. Um, I think this is going to be one of Cleveland's higher-scoring games than one of their lower-scoring games. Um, just, again, looking at what – Cincinnati brings to the table offensively and I really feel like Joe Burrow is coming into his own the last couple of weeks in a row I think he's got like three or four weeks in a row now with three touchdown passes or more Um, so he's kind of on a roll uh, and he's got some really good rapport built with his wide receivers so when it comes to that Joe Burrow is an absolute starter Mixon uh, Mixon's one that I would temper expectations on him but I think the receivers with Cincinnati are all startable. Uh, mm-hmm. Boyd would be more of a flex play for me. But if you got Higgins or Jamar Chase, you're starting them. Um, to your point person, there, Joe, yep. Cleveland Browns, bottom three against quarterbacks, allowing about 23 points a game. And uh, bottom five against wide receivers allowing about 37 points a game yeah, there you to go. the positions. So you're spot on on all that there, Joe. Yeah, and the last piece to this is Uzuma, who is legitimately the biggest hit-or-miss tight end I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and, and he could be a – if you're struggling to find anybody, he'd be a guy that I'd take a, a flyer on. Um, so somebody, again, to consider – uh, he just, again, he's, he's so hit or miss. It's almost impossible to predict that. He is very hit or miss. Going forward with his schedule, uh, if it, with, with an adjusted uh, base, so based off of pan- fantasy points allowed above what's like expected, so like to normalize for volume, um, Cincinnati has the second most favorable schedule the rest of the season to the tight end position. So he could be someone to target in that fashion um, as someone, Hey, I'm going to pick him up this week. He is so volatile. So people might be picking him up, dropping him. If you get him, keep him. Uh, the opposite side of that Cincinnati's wide receivers are going to be facing the 29th best schedule going forward. So that's third worst um, in terms of that adjusted score. So, I expect that Uzuma is going to be booming more than he is busting, essentially, the rest of the season here. Got it. Uh, On the Cleveland side, I want to share something with you that is, in my opinion, eye-popping. Okay? You ready for this? Is it the Instagram account of OBS? Well, we'll get into – yeah, OB Senior – (laughs) <laughs> we'll get an OBJ in a second. Um, but it's actually the guy that throws the ball to him. How many touchdowns, without looking it up, how many touchdowns do you think Baker Mayfield has thrown so far this season? Six. Five. I would go with 
We're at week eight, so seven. <laughs> John hit it on the I was going to say <laughs> six, he looks six it up, sounds I, about right. Like, yeah, I, I couldn't six. say the same number. He is only ahead of Geno Smith. Mike White. Mike White and Zach Wilson, who combined for their team for eight. (laughs) And then, like, Jacoby Brissett and Tyrod Taylor. Everybody else he's ahead of – oh, I'm sorry, Justin Fields as well. Right? Everybody else that he's – is not a starting quarterback. What's crazy, Joe, is that he only has, like, six more than you do. And six isn't a lot. Wow. He really – I mean – I could probably go in there and maybe throw one touchdown all year. <laughs> at least, but then, but then you're bit. only then you're only behind by five, Joe. Yeah, I, I mean, at least played a little bit. So you know, all I really gotta do is kind of do those, you know, those little like you catch the ball in shotgun and then you kind of throw it forward the, to the running back. The little tap pass. I could do those all day and probably find a way to make six. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> That's um, probably true, actually. Anyway, so so that's embarrassing, uh, and what what sucks is that means, in my opinion, it, what this means is that yet again Cleveland can't seem to figure out a freaking quarterback with a first overall draft pick. Oh, poor Cleveland. Uh, anyway, the only guy I'm really looking with that note that I'm starting is going to be uh, Chubb. He's back. He's healthy. He should be startable and playing for you uh, in your lineups. Um, on the last note, OBJ, OBJ, or OBS. Yes. Some interesting stuff there. Why don't you take off a little bit of that, John? Yeah, if you haven't seen the 10-minute video that OBS posted to his Instagram account of how bad Baker Mayfield is, it's essentially 10 minutes of OBJ being wide open on every single play and Baker Mayfield not throwing him the ball. <laughs> it, it's quite remarkable. Yeah, it, so it, this, you need to see it. You almost, so, I, this is a, a plug. You, everybody needs what, to go and see it. What's amazing is that I believe Randy Moss has a similarly timed video montage of him scoring 50-plus yard touchdowns <laughs> over the course uh, of his career Yeah, versus a single season of OBJ being wide open. But he hasn't played all the games. That's absolutely nuts. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, but I think with Odell not being on the team, I think that helps Landry, and I think Landry's more startable than he was in the past. I agree, and that's and being real, you're probably right. Um, Landry's also a shorter. He doesn't go. For, he's not a deep ball guy for them, really. He's more that kind of. Is that a Peoples Jones thing? Yeah. Well, I would say Peoples Jones more the deep ball guy in this particular situation. Um, if you're talking, you know, Landry versus him, Landry's one of those guys that he can go out and have 10 catches for you and be absolutely startable. Um, yeah. But, you know, and this might be a week. Bengals aren't great against the pass, but, you know, th- that may not be a bad play uh, as well. But the guy I'm definitely starting is Chubb. Everybody else I'm kind of in between and not really, yeah. don't really want to touch it if I can help it. Yeah. Bengals last five games, bottom six against the running back position. Yeah. There you go. All right, let's move on to the next game here. Uh, I think a good one for us to talk about next, Bob. I'm going to give this one to you because he is your MVP. Arizona versus San Francisco. 
Ooh, so am I? Which MVP am I talking about? Because I really like Trey Lance a lot, but he's not playing this week. I don't think. I don't know if they've actually announced who their starter is. Anyways, um, my favorite Martian here, uh, Kyler Murray. He actually sprained his ankle last week. He's got that extra little bit of time to to heal and recover from that. He's on track to play, but definitely something to keep an eye on. Uh, San Francisco bottom six against the quarterback position, allowing 26 points per game on the opposite side of the coin there. Uh, as much as Jimmy Garoppolo was able to do something uh, actually relevant last week, I don't know how many people def- were able to actually capitalize on that. Uh, Arizona is the third best against quarterbacks at this point. Uh, so I don't think you're doing anything with Garoppolo and you, you have to see it from uh, Lance before you're going to start him as well. Uh, running back position. These are the two best teams against running backs right now over the last five games. Um, only the Colts are better against running backs than the Arizona Cardinals. In the- um, so Got to temper expectations when it comes to the running back position. Mitchell, he has 18 carries exactly the last two weeks, over 100 yards, and a touchdown in each one of them. Um, Cardinals, you were, we were able to see what they can do on the ground. Uh, they scored, I believe, three touchdowns on the ground last week. Um, split between those two backs there and Drake and Connor. Uh, Connor getting the, the bulk of the work there. Um Sorry, um, Arizona Cardinals wide receivers. Their number one wide receiver this week might be Christian Kirk. Um, huh. it it's there's a potential that uh, Hopkins will be out, and AJ Green also popped up. Uh, I can't remember if it was a COVID thing for him. I believe it was a COVID thing for. For AJ Green, it was that or some some random ankle injury? I don't remember which. Yeah, AJ Green's I, COVID. I think I was gonna say I'm, I'm thinking that it was COVID. By any stretch of the matter, though, tenth uh, and eleventh best teams against wide receivers. Not a lot of offenses coming out of this game. This is gonna be a low scoring game from every aspect of it. You got uh, the second best overall and uh, the sixth best overall defenses against uh, fantasy points scored. And that includes defenses and kickers. Um, So I'm avoiding this game as much as I possibly can. Um, Not all too excited about what you can see there, but uh, on a DFS side, Kirk might be an interesting uh, stack with – Murray, if you feel so inclined to try and get some of those points that San Francisco gives up to quarterbacks um, and being able to get somebody cheap at, at the wide receiver position. Um, that's about it, though. I mean, I'm not really touching too much else. Good. Uh, we're, we should see Kurt, uh, We should see Kittle back this week. Um, that That's the only other piece of relevant news, I guess. Good. Um, I just noticed a game that I don't know if we talked. Do we talk Bills Jaguars? No, that should be a part out. Yeah, it should. I'll take that one real quick just to kind of touch on it. That way we uh, don't miss it. Uh, from a port out standpoint, um, you know, 
listen, you're you're uh, you're starting everybody in Jacksonville or uh, in uh, in Buffalo, right? So you got Allen. Um, you're probably starting Zach Moss this week. Um, definitely start. Uh, more than likely starting. You know, I think Beasley I saw has a questionable tag. Um, and if Beasley's out, I'm all in on uh, Emmanuel Sanders. Um, if not, I'm still starting Sanders. I think he got blanked last week. He had four targets. I think he had zero catches. But I still think he's a startable player against a pretty poor uh, Jaguars defense. On Jacksonville side, um, it's tough to go with a lot of people. I I personally have James Robinson, and because I don't have a whole lot of other running backs, I'm going to play him. He's going to be a starter for me. Um, but it's hard. Uh, and outside of him, you know, you're, you're going to take flyers on wide receivers. It's got to be Marvin Jones, uh, and that's about it. Uh, and it's tough to, to – if you're looking for streaming options, I think there's better options than Trevor Lawrence. Um, so that's it for that yeah. game. Uh, Bill's defense is just too that. good. They really are. Um, so let's go into the next uh, – I think these get into more of the drink it slow games. Uh, I think the first drink it slow game that we should really touch on, John, I'm going to give it to you. Uh, do you want to take the Titans-Rams, the Packers-Chiefs, or the Vikings-Ravens? You pick. Obviously, I want the Vikings. Go ahead. Let's hear it. I mean, <clears throat> I see Baltimore, especially now that Daniil Hunter's out, I think we're gonna, the Vikings are going to have a really hard time containing Lamar. I think one way I can see them doing it is either having Barr or Kendricks shadow Lamar. And I think the two things that will happen as a result of that is either we're just going to give up a ton of rushing yards to Baltimore, or it's going to open up Mark Andrews over the middle if we have too much committed to stop Lamar. Also, with Peterson out for, you know, a few more weeks, I just don't think we have a cornerback who can go with a speed wide receiver like Hollywood. So I can see – I mean, obviously, you're going to start Hollywood. You're going to start Mark Andrews. You're going to start Lamar if you have them. Um, I think for Baltimore running backs, it's a little bit more of a crapshoot of who's going to have value. Yeah, um, I'm not sure that I really want to start. Um, you know, I'm not sure I really want to start Mur- Murray or Freeman or Bell or any of the Baltimore white running backs. Um, but I think. For other wide receivers on Baltimore, I think if Watkins is out, I could see flexing Bateman. But I think you want to see maybe a little bit more production before you start flexing him. Um, he had, you know, three catches, 80 yards, and six targets. Um, but I don't know that six targets in a game where I think they could be ahead is really going to give you the production you want for Bateman, especially if Watkins comes back and plays. If Watkins doesn't play, I'm probably fine flexing Bateman. And then for Minnesota, I think it's obviously you're starting Cook if you have him just with how high you took him. But he just – the way Minnesota has been calling games, 
has just been kind of mind-boggling in how they're not involving Cook as much as you would expect them to. Yeah, 100% agree. They Last week, I was pissed. The whole game I'm watching, I'm like, why are we not running the damn ball? Anyway, well, so it's, not, it's not just running the ball. I, I don't think Cook had a target last week. Uh, he had, he had zero targets. Yeah. Yeah. No, he had two targets, zero catches. The week before, he had two targets and two catches. He's just yeah. not getting the volume you would expect from Dalvin Cook yeah. from in the passing game, which yeah. is really just killing his upside. So, I mean, you're starting him if you have him, but, um, yeah, he he's not even so – I feel like if you try to trade him, you're not going to get the value of where you picked him. Right. And then I, I feel like it's kind of lose-lose on Cook. Um, I'm not sure why. For wide receivers, I mean, you're starting Jefferson and you're starting Thielen. I feel like um, Conklin seems like a solid, you know, low-end tight end where, uh, I mean, tight end – beyond the top three, four, it's just a crapshoot. So I feel like if I'm half confident, I'm starting him this week. Ravens, that's one of the ways that you can actually attack the Ravens, is at least fantasy-wise, is at the tight end position. Um, they're giving up you know, fifth most points to the, that position over the last five games. Whereas yeah. the Vikings are actually best in the NFL. Um against both quarterbacks and tight ends in terms of fantasy points allowed. Yeah, um, but I, I, the I wonder so, in a game like this, I think that's because you have um, Kendricks in the middle. Right. But well, if Kendricks... It, that's, ha- over the, that's over the last five, and you have to take that with a grain of salt because who the Vikings play at quarterback and tight end in the last five weeks? Yeah. Or their last five games, which was Dallas with Cooper Rush. You got Carolina, you got Detroit, Cleveland, and Seattle. That's their last five games. Yeah. So they didn't really face anybody, especially like Lamar, um, and especially like Andrews at the tight end position. Um, yeah, and you look at week two against the Cardinals and Max Williams destroyed the Vikings. Right. With a right. mobile quarterback. And I, I think that's where right. I look to That's that where it comes around. Where Max – or where uh, – Mark Andrews could have a huge week because, you know, Kendricks and Barr just have to do more to cover Lamar. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. It it seems like a terrible matchup for the Vikings, and I think it gives a lot of value to Thielen and Jefferson, especially I think it's a big Jefferson game more so than Thielen. Uh, Yeah. I think I think I agree with you there as well. I mean, if we look back just even one game from where Baltimore was, um, you know, they had their bye last week, but prior to that, they got absolutely torched yeah. by Cincinnati and by an effective, you know, run game and an effective passing game with with uh, uh, Jamar Chase and I, you know, yeah. And and to me, this is one of those games where I feel like every, you know, like. I'm with you guys. Like I, I'm, as a Viking fan, I'm like, well, shit, we're gonna lose this game, right? But they're gonna like show up and give all the Vikings fans hope. They're gonna like win right. this game somehow, you know, come out on top, and everybody's gonna be like, oh gosh, now we're four and four, and we're actually not bad. We just beat a really good Baltimore team, and then we're gonna like go out the next two or three weeks and just lay eggs. So, 
you never know. It's just it's so hard to predict. But I think all the from a fantasy standpoint, everything you've said and everything we've talked about is hundred percent accurate. Uh, and things that uh, you know you're still playing the guys you're playing, and it's just understanding what to expect from those players um, when you're starting them in your lineup. That's really the biggest thing. It's just expectations that you bring into the game. So, all right, Bobby, we got two left. Um, I'm gonna let you pick. You want Packers, Chiefs, or Titans, Rams? I'll take the Titans and the Rams. I I Perfect. like to talk about AJ Brown a lot, and uh, he's one of my favorite guys. Which I've been talking to John about trying to get AJ Brown from him, but it's probably gonna be too expensive because so I think that's ridiculous. the best game of the week. So I'm gonna let you go last. I'll go ahead and talk about the Chiefs Packers. Um, and then that way you get a little bit more time to, to think no, through what you want to actually say. No. Um, so at the running back position, I don't know how much we talked <laughs> about not. this before <laughs> for Tennessee. Um, Adrian Peterson gets signed by the Titans. And the other uh, guy we we're looking at there is Jeremy McNichols. Now, I'm curious where you guys stand. I don't know if I got cut off at one point earlier tonight. Um, if you guys talked about who do you want out of those two, uh, are you, are you leaning McNichols for the rest of the year or would you rather have AP? I, at first glance, I think it's going to change. Like my opinion is it's going to change. The reason why is so McNichols is this week will be, in my opinion, he'll dominate that backfield. Um, I, and I don't even think it's going to be that close because as good as AP might be, he's, got to learn an offense and a scheme and so on. He's not even on the team right now. He's in the practice squad. So, you know, overall, the first, you know, first week, McNichols is the guy. I think when you get a little bit later into the season, I honestly think AP could be more the player. And the reason why I say that uh, is because he's more built for the offense that Tennessee runs. So McNichols to me is more he's a little bit he's got a little bit more of a shiftiness to him. Not that he can't be more of a power back, but I I feel like how he's been used in the past, he's the guy that come in, maybe catch a few balls and so on and so forth. Um again, where AP's at, especially at this point in his career, he's more like a hey, run downhill, run over people kind of guy. So how many um hundred yard games would you say Adrian Peterson's going to have once he gets going and gets the starting job there. I think the over-under is like one and a half. Right. I mean, right? Like why? That would like, be, it'd be... But, but to me, that says, like, why do I want this guy on my team? Why would I ever play Adrian Peterson? Well, you're talking about from a fantasy standpoint? Yeah. Oh, I don't know that you're... I don't know that you are. <laughs> I'm asking which of these two are more fantasy relevant going and, forward. And I'm telling you that that changes throughout the season. I think to start, it's going to be McNichols, and to Joe, end, it'll Joe, be Adrian Peterson. Does does the fence hurt when you sit on it like that? It's not a fence. It's more. I'm like I'm trying to be You're fence sitting. You're fence sitting right now. No, I'm not. You're not How's taking a, a position. Sitting? I'm telling Who's you right now. The next two three weeks, McNichols is your guy. After that, it's Adrian Peterson. So, Joe, who, who are who are you taking? You're taking AP. I'm taking McNichols. And then I'm like after that I'll look at like you know Well AP. You, you you don't you, you can't have you can't, both you can't decide you gotta decide today. Both are you have, available. You have, right, both, both are, are available. available. You have to choose one guy who you're picking up. Okay, I, you got I, one roster spot for 
one of one of them, and somebody else is going to pick. Okay, up the so other. here's the question: Do Who I you do I have Derrick Henry or not on my team? Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter it's, to me. It does because if I have Derrick Henry, no, I'm taking McNichols because I need immediate. No, you've help. already you've already you've already said that you have. Let's say you, let's say yeah, let's say you do have Derrick Henry, but it doesn't matter because you've already said that he's out for the rest of the year, which isn't yeah. true because he's only out six to ten weeks. Which will bring him back right at playoff time if he is healthy and the Titans are still relevant. Which uh-huh. they've only lost two games so far. I don't have any reason to believe that they won't still be relevant. So that, if, that's you have Henry, is, if you you're not, do have not Henry, if you do have Henry, if you do have Henry, don't drop him. Don't trade. That's him. true. I I don't drop him, but if somebody's willing to give me a starting running back, I do absolutely trade him. Anyway. Um, it, to answer your question directly, I am taking McNichols. Okay. Thank you for getting off of that fence and not being in pain any longer. Back to this game. Who are the Titans playing? They're playing the Los Angeles Rams of Anaheim. Um, the Rams are, have been giving up the second most points to wide receivers. I love me some AJ Green. I or AJ Green, AJ <laughs> Brown, AJ Brown. I do not like Julio Jones. <laughs> he might not even play. Oh, really? That's weird. Enough. Go on. Uh, same thing with. Uh, uh, this is going to be a big Tannehill week. He's going to have to do a lot more again with with Henry gone and without that uh, workhorse back there. Um, as you mentioned, McNichols is kind of the guy that you you're going to lean on. Uh, see this game being a more of an aired out kind of a game for them. Um, so wide receiver uh, and quarterback really only. Um, you can flex McNichols for the week. Um, I see him as a somebody in that top 30 at running back position this week. That's about it. Um, on the Ram side of the ball, you're starting Woods. You're starting uh, Stafford. You're starting Cooper Cup. He has his. He's on a historic pace this year, um, both NFL wise and fantasy wise. Uh, those kind of tend to coincide with each other. And the Titans give up the six most points to running backs over the last five weeks. And so um, I, I like uh, Henderson to just keep on rolling. I don't really have all too much beyond that. I mean, no, our I, biggest I conversation good. is more we- so on that fantasy side on hey there's a guy that's potentially available who do you want yep i think that's just fine a good overall analysis good all right packers chiefs is last game for the night so i'll go through this one uh for us real quick on the packers side the most the you know the biggest conversation we're having is you know is jordan love gonna do anything um i personally believe this could be a very interesting week for green bay packers in general right so We've heard all the hoopla this offseason about Aaron Rodgers and how he wasn't going to play and all this other BS, right? So people are thinking, okay, well, maybe Jordan Love's going to be our guy now and so on and so forth. And then and then Aaron Rodgers said, oh, wait, I'm playing. And then he sucked week one and then finally came back and he was Aaron Rodgers, right? Well, what happens if Jordan Love goes out and throws three touchdowns for 320 yards and beats the Chiefs? No interceptions. Then they go back to Aaron Rodgers because it's Aaron Rodgers, and you can't trade Rodgers or Love anymore because the trade deadline passed. Well, it's not about trading. It's just 
you know, they're, they're not going to – obviously, Aaron Rodgers is the guy. But if, if you are – let's say you're in a dynasty league, right? Are you immediately trying to get love if he's on a – like, available to stash if you haven't already? Like, like my, my point here is, you know, this is a great opportunity for a young quarterback in this particular instance, okay? The, the matchup is great. It, it's not like – the Kansas City has been piss poor – in general and defensively. So, like, this is a good matchup for a young quarterback to have to play his, you know, start his first NFL game. Um, the question really just becomes is is how good of a play is he if you need a, you know, if you need to stream a quarterback. Is this a guy or are you going more like with a Derek Carr? Question. Who scores more points this week? Mahomes or Love? Well, that's... I don't think that's much of a debate. I asked the question. Okay, Mahomes? <laughs> I'll say Jordan Love. Okay. Because uh, I'm up by very so many points. Yeah, well, <laughs> so many points. You, you give them away and I'll take them. I'll, I'll, I'll give you that one. The reason why I'm making that bet the Packers are fourth best against quarterbacks. They just shut down my MVP last week, only allowing nine total fantasy points out of him. Um, their defense is very good. And as you've already said, the uh, opposing defense in Kansas City is, to be nice, not very good. Sure. Absolutely. But I will say this, that uh, in these types of games where you have, you know, the quarterback that's uh, uh, like a Patrick Mahomes here. I, I see this game being fairly high scoring. I think even um, Vegas has it as a, a mid to, to to high forties as well. So I do have this game uh, a pretty sort. I'm I'm all over. I I do think this is a great week for um, Mahomes. My opinion is the reason why they haven't played that well this year, and this is maybe I might be different in thinking this uh they haven't had enough like big games i mean think about it they've been so good the last two years um they've played super bowl you know so on and so forth but they haven't had many like really big like exciting games to be excited about they're playing a 7-1 green bay packers team they have an opportunity to win this game and get themselves back in the hunt so to speak in their own in their own division um, so I see Kansas City come out playing very well in this game. So I'm starting everybody in Kansas City. The only guys I'm not maybe starting is their running backs. Because um, Bobby just mentioned, I know he said that they're good against quarterbacks, but defensively the Packers are actually fairly good against running backs as well. So I'm avoiding the running backs more because of the uncertainty than anything else. Um, but that's kind of uh, something to kind of pay attention to where I'm at on that game. So yeah. Hill's starting, uh, Kelsey's starting. Uh, I am still starting, if he plays, uh, Devonta Adams. Um, and I think this is a huge Aaron Jones game um, out of all the players that will be on that team. Kansas City is arguably one of the worst teams against running backs uh, so far for the season. In so, the last five games, the Kansas City Chiefs are ninth, ninth best against the running back position. So, how many games? Five games? Last five games. Oh, ninth best. Good, good stats. Good stat, but they have historically been very poor against them for the last two or three years in a row. So just because they go on a five-game strength of being the ninth 
best does not mean that they're going to be that way moving forward. Um, okay. So that's kind of it. I, you know, a fl- interesting flex play could be AJ Dillon. Um, but again, something just to think about. He had a, he had a pretty good usage last week against the Cardinals. So so potentially there. Uh, but that's all I got for that game. Anything else, John, Bob, you want to add? Not to that game, no. No. All right. Well, I, I don't think we have. Did, did I miss Dylan, any? But... Did we get them all in? I think we got all the games. I think that was it. I think that's everything. Yeah. Good. So then we go into our last piece for the night. This will be John's very Merrick's merit. I so, never, I never agreed to that. You didn't, but that's the name we gave it. So you yeah, can but change it's, it. It's a bad name. All right. Well, what do you want to call it then? You tell me. All right, well, think about it, and you can change it later. Uh, But I'll go ahead and let you make your uh, last comment for the night first. So go ahead. What do you got? You're going to make me go first. Okay, I'll go first. Um, My my, uh, bold prediction, if you want to call it that. So I looked it up, and it's it's bold-ish. Okay, so normally I've been kind of outrageous with the Niehoff guarantee. This time I'm not going to be as outrageous, but I think it is kind of bold, and I'm going to make a comment right now. I think, I believe this week, the highest scoring game, which will score over 65 points for that game, is going to be uh, Cincinnati versus Cleveland. That's my bold statement for the week. So, so if you have Cincinnati players, yep, if you, if you have Cincinnati players, if you have uh, Cleveland players, my prediction is that they will be the highest scoring game of the week. Bobby? All right. Well, I I kind of saved it for the end there. I already said my little bit about Jordan Love. Jordan Love is a top seven quarterback this week. Okay. All right. Good one, John. You figure out something you want to say? Oh, man. I... Is saying Daniel Jones is a top ten quarterback this week? Is that bold enough, or is that not bold? I think it is personally. I, I don't. I, in fact, I'll I'll bet you on that. Okay, I'll take that. Yep, I think he's outside the top ten. So there we go. We got three bets tonight. John's first night back, and we get a couple couple bets going. It's all because of me, and I just give away free stuff basically. Uh, but it's all good. I don't care. It's fine. It's fun. Speaking of free stuff, follow us on Twitter. It's free. Um, <laughs> and you can find uh, links to our podcast as well as links to our DFS weekly challenges. You beat all three of us. Listen to that podcast as well. You beat all three of us. You'll get entered in to win a bottle of Something better than Southern Comfort, probably. Yeah. As I look in my cabin. Yeah. Um, (laughs) No, it definitely will be better than that. Um, At the end of the year, every time that you beat all three of us in our DK, our DraftKings lineups, you'll get entered into our drawing. So good luck. Yep. It's free. Absolutely. Oh, speaking of other free stuff, I do have one more. Um, Coming up here in the next couple of weeks is the Turkey Cup. For those that know me personally and listen to us, 
Um, they probably know what the Turkey Cup is, and the Turkey Cup is a golf tournament that we host or that I do every single year doing it for about almost seven years now. Actually, this is the seventh annual golf tournament we've doing flag football before that. So it's a, a pretty fun little event. Anyway, uh, Football on the Rocks will be giving away some some stuff uh, for the longest drive. One of those will be a bottle of whiskey. Uh, we might even do a little bit of swag in there. So for those that are going to be playing in the tournament, those listening to us and so on, um, it'll be a good time and some more free stuff from us. Um, is but it, anyway, is it swag if only one person gets it? Well, no, no, swag, be, swag, stands, swag stands for stuff we all get. Yeah, there, there'll be more. Uh, so, there'll be more stuff that we all can get um, than just one guy getting something. So swag is what it is. Then sure, Kang. sure, more like stuff we can all get. Stuff yeah, yeah, some guys all. can get. Stuff yeah. some guys can get. I like it. Swag. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know where that came from. Um, anyway, very good, Bob. Do you have a, a toast for us? Because you've been doing these; it's been I fun, do. fun. I do. Uh, let's hear the toast of the week. The toast of the week. We'll we'll end it on this here. May the winds of fortune sail you. May you sail a gentle sea. May it always be the other guy who says this drinks on me. <laughs> <laughs>